Good morning and welcome to The Morning Fix. I'm Julie Dye and I'm here with my co-host, Amy Shepard. The Morning Fix is a podcast series brought to you by the 510K Cafe. We offer resources for medical device and medtech marketers through interviews with industry leaders that give you the tips, tricks, and trends that are shaping marketing today. Today, we speak with Jen Butler, the Chief Marketing Officer at Medisafe, a company that developed technology to help people manage and more accurately track their medications. Medisafe is doing some great marketing work to reach the many audiences that need to understand the benefits of their technology. We're ready to dig into a great discussion with Jen. Well, Jen, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you guys today. So you work in an area of healthcare that we haven't covered much yet on our program, MedTech Software and Digital Health. Can you tell us a bit about the space and why MediSafe is a game changer? Oh, absolutely. So it's been, you know, even this past year, and we can get into pandemic um, acceleration of this area, but it really does play an important role in, in digital health technologies. MediSafe has been around since, um, for eight years now, 2012. And it's a, we're a medication management platform where we have an app that patients use to manage their medications. And patients are managing not just one medication, but on average, five medications under 65 and seven over 65. Um, I just wanted to kind of put that out there just to, um, as to understand where MediSafe plays. But within the digital health space, um, what digital health is looking at is uh, is how can how can digital support the healthcare consumer? Um, we see it across so many different industries and, and the advancements that digital has made. I mean, just in banking alone, you know, no one's going to their their bank anymore. They're just doing it through their phone. And so it's like taking that concept to healthcare, but yet we know healthcare is extremely complicated um, when it comes to um, to all the different um, ways to interact with with patients. But but we're seeing right now is that conversions that that patients now are are looking and seeking for ways to support their own treatments, whether it's health and wellness or specific ways to augment treatment or to manage treatment, um, prevent treatment. There's so many different ways that um, technology has those advancements. And in addition to just when I say digital, I mean, there's there's so many um, advancements out there with with monitoring devices and ways that, that we can um, certainly impact different conditions, such as um, I'll use, there's a, um, a company out there, um, Achille, um, it's a digital therapeutic company that focuses on ADHD and helps to actually replace the treatment itself. So that's like at extreme end of a digital therapeutic where it's actually kind of a, a digital replacement um, or augmentation of a treatment where um, they have patients are able to go onto a digital platform and interact with the technology as a way of treating versus medication. So that's an extreme example of it. Um, but there are just so many different areas of, of, of how digital is becoming a part of patient journeys and, 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 and regimen and treatment management. Pretty vague. I'm not sure if, I, if you want more specifics or if that kind of starts the conversation enough for you. <laughs> 
No, no, I, 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 that's great. That, that's a great overview. Yes, we've, uh, we've, we've been seeing that quite a bit, and, we, and we've spoken to several guests with respect to digital health and and, and various uh, technologies that have emerged throughout the last year, throughout the pandemic. Many companies in the digital health space have to market to two sets of audiences, really healthcare providers and patients. And Medisafe has a third focus, industry and pharma companies. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit a little bit about some of the marketing challenges of reaching very different audiences. Sure, absolutely. Well, certainly as marketers, um, <laughs> we we have um, you know I think that what what actually drew me to some uh, to to the MetaSafe platform is that um, MetaSafe has been direct to consumer for over eight years, and more recently we've um, you know embarked in that as you said, kind of um, identifying a different customer segment, and we're working with pharma. I think it's the end goal that we keep in mind, um, and it's really important as we have um, with a lot of these digital health digital therapeutic um, companies and marketers is that we're all our end goal is to is to improve patient outcomes and so so keeping the patient as your north star and and making sure that everything you do is is impacting and enhancing that patient journey and experience ultimately has value for whatever healthcare organization maybe you're creating solutions for. Um, and that's kind of the the positioning going in. MetaSafe, um, as you said, you know, healthcare is looking at patients, you're looking at payers, you're looking at providers. We focus on pharma because our end goal is, as I mentioned with our, um, is to support medication management. And what we recognize is that our, our um, platform that's been around, as I said, for eight years, um, we have over 13,000 brands and medications on there. But, but as we see this development and advancement in technology of medicines, there's also complexities that come, uh, come along with it. And so by partnering with pharma, specifically specialty medications, the biologics, when there's a lot more complications either to titration schedules on onboarding to initiation of treatment or just administration of the treatment itself, patients need more support. And, and just having a basic platform isn't always enough to remind them or show kind of different resources that we have to actively engage patients. And so our um, other con- customer, if you will, in addition to the patient, is working with pharma and creating specific programs that support their treatment needs that ultimately support the patient and their treatment outcomes. So hopefully that addresses kind of how, you know, I think it's keeping the, the, the patient in mind um, at all times and then how to position it with your different constituents. Real quickly, talk about how the technology works, and then we can, you know, talk, move on to some of the the marketing elements. But how does it how does it work? What, what's the technology all about? Thanks, Amy. That probably is important to <laughs> point out. So, MetaSafe's technology is digital interactions were primarily driven from an app in both um, the Apple Store and Google Play. You can download MetaSafe. And when you download MetaSafe, it becomes your digital medicine cabinet where you're uploading um, or importing from Apple Health Records your medications. And it's helping to sync your into your everyday life schedule. So it's a um, situation where, you know, if you're juggling 
multiple medications to put the different timing of the medications or if they're taken a couple times a day or even once a month, instead of putting it into your phone, we have our own separate schedule that then reminds you and guides you through those different schedule needs in addition to then surrounding the patient with resources um, and what we call just-in-time interventions. It's our GD is our AI technology that creates that digital relationship with patients, checking in with patients, making sure they understand what's going on, seeing if there are problems, if they're skipping medications, understanding why. Um, you know, a lot of times folks are skipping, especially this past year, because of financial reasons and their copay programs that pharma companies offer that can help them stay on, on treatment longer. Um, and finally, part of this um, technology that we offer goes beyond just the patient. And we look across um, the support system that's needed with caregivers and also clinicians and bringing them into the patient support needs as well. So it sounds like what you're focusing on is really what I think we've pulled. We've pulled a term from the tech industry, which is to say that sort of the last mile, right? It's the last mile to the to the patient, to the caregiver, um, and really trying to keep that connection with them beyond just you know having provider write a prescription, right? What can you continue to do to help with medication management and adherence? And, you know, it's, it's, it's furthering the relationship, right? Between, you know, whether it's the pharma brand or whether it's the provider and their, their patient. Um, so it's, you know, it's a really important um, work that you're doing. And, you know, I know that other companies, you know, larger companies like Amazon have gotten interested in this space um, in a different way, you know, through their acquisition of PillPack um, a couple of years ago, because it is so hard for, you know, a lot of people who are, have chronic conditions to manage that. And so I'd be curious about, you know, what your take is on the Amazons of the world, kind of, you know, trying to hone in on this business a little bit. Sure, absolutely. And I and I think that what they've done is 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 fabulous. I love seeing that they're acknowledging the need to bring that, you know, big tech into healthcare consumer world. Um, you know, it's funny as you said last mile, I thought, well, I can see that, um, but I also um, look at what we do is supporting the marathon. Um, and this is getting to my um, reaction to Amazon as well, is that what we're providing is continuous support in, into the patient needs. Um, as you said, the doctors write a script and you're, um, as a patient, coming to terms with whatever condition the doctor is diagnosing you with, writing a script, telling you about the medication treatment, and you can imagine the um, the whirlwind of, of a patient in listening to this and feeling overwhelmed and then um, having to go through some pretty complex processes um, to, with prior authorization um, to get the script filled, understanding financial implications of the medication and the therapy, only then to get a medication probably either shipped to you or you have to go pick it up and then figuring out how does this fit into your everyday life or deliver it through pill pack. It's, it is overwhelming. And what we're doing is creating, um, when I say that marathon of support for the patient, that's between the, um, between kind of the, that, the point of care and it's that continuous support digitally 
um, with that digital relationship that we're creating with with patients. And I think that's something that's been accelerated this past year is that we have all adopted and adapted to a digital relationship um, as we all are right here in a podcast and listening and, and developing and having trust in, in, in not just a face-to-face meeting. And I think we're relying on other digital resources for that support so that while I think what Amazon is doing with the pill pack is absolutely vital and supportive in, in organizing the regimens. Um, how do you know what goes on in between the takes? How do you know if a patient actually does take all of those um, pills? Um, what if the titration needs to be adjusted? What if they have questions in between or start having um, questions about interactions that maybe their dentist prescribes a different medication and is that a drug-to-drug interaction? And so that's where you know that continuous um, support of across a marathon, I think, really of therapy comes in to play and where um, the positioning of MetaSafe comes in to say, you know, all of these different um, support is, 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 you know, the more that we can make it consumer friendly, um, the absolutely the, the better um, we are as consumers. Um, and so, so really de- developing that digital relationship with patients is vital to get to the outcomes that are de- desired. Yeah, that that makes complete sense. So I was really impressed when I took a look at MediSafe's website and some of the news that you've put out recently. It seems like you have really robust content. Um, And so it seems like that's an important part of your marketing mix, you know, whether it's blogs or infographics, commissions, research. So can you tell us more about that? And if you do, you know, do you in fact believe that content is king? Yeah, absolutely, and I um, thank you for um, for those kind words with our content and website um, from one marketer to another. That's um, quite flattering, but absolutely, I think that's something from the very beginning when Amy mentioned kind of the space that um, marketing and med tech um, software um, with in this digital health world. It content is king in the way that you can provide value an insight, unique insight. And it's the unique perspective that because of our platform that we can provide, and I'll just take maybe example of this past year with the pandemic, if that works for you guys. I think um, being able to tap into patient mindsets when there's so much uncertainty going around last April, we um, we surveyed our patients and just checking in. Um, we have, I should have mentioned this from the beginning, we have over 7 million registered um, users on our platform. And, and we just needed to say to our patients, like, how are you doing, you know, last April? What are your concerns? Um, what can we do from our perspective to help you out? What are your concerns with, you know, how is your healthcare consumption right now in last April of 2020? How is it changing and what are you fearful of? And just getting that raw insight into what patients, you know, and obviously all de-identified, but just getting that raw insight into how patients are truly feeling and tapping into their mindset helps us tremendously as we're going to grow programs for them, understanding that, you know, the it was, I think it was over... I have to go back to my percentages here, but I want to say it was close to 60% of patients had missed their missed their doctor's appointments 
and it and they were missing lab work. They were turning to to telemedicine. Um, they're feeling vulnerable about exposure to COVID. I mean, all of these we look back, we're like, yeah, Jen, that's kind of the obvious. But what we were able to do is to then take that um, those responses and be able to say, well, is there more of a vulnerability for those patients that are treating lymphomas than those people who are treating a mental health illness? Or for those that are um, on, on oncology um, chemo regimen, you know, and we started to see the different exposures and different concerns and then develop kind of reinforcements, if you will, around how to engage and also bring those insights out to the public as well so that pharma companies knew what to expect. Um, as I mentioned before, we found that, that a lot were concerned, um, not just because of the pandemic immediate health impacts of exposure to the virus, but the financial implications if with people's insurance changing, um, jobs being lost, and being able to stay on treatment. We then carried over that survey. Um, we reached out again in um, in April. I'm sorry, in October, and then again in January, and we were um, surveyed a, um, vaccine, um, the impact of vaccines, and if um, if our patients on Medisafe were um, going to get the vaccine and their their kind of willingness to get the vaccine. And in October, about 20% said that they were um, going to um, to get the vaccine. Um, it was very politically uh, fueled in the U.S., as you can imagine. Um, and then in, when we just surveyed again in January, we found out that that actually increased by 67% had a greater awareness and acceptability of the of the um, acceptedness of the vaccine. And we're, um, we're much more um, aware of the opportunities that it had versus the concerns it brought. So I'm using those as just examples of the fact that it's digital health um, marketing, you're sitting on all this plethora of data that can be supportive to show the unique ways that you can grow your programs, develop your programs, but also support value um, to your end consumers and, and customers as well. Yeah, yeah, Jen, I, I agree. And, and I also completely, I, I'm in alignment with you that content is really king. And it's, and it's all about value. It's not about what we could bring to the customer, the consumer. It is, it is what what do you need? And I think creating content programs that, you know, through surveys and questionnaires and, you know, other, other strategies and tactics that organizations use, it's all about, like, let us understand what you need and we'll adapt to you. And, and I think that's one of the most valuable forms of marketing and connectedness that we can do as marketers, especially in med device. I, I absolutely agree. And I feel like, as I mentioned, too, from your first question about kind of this um, evolving um, industry and in, in digital health and digital therapeutics, that we're in a position to also help educate and raise awareness of what can be done. And, and that's where, to your point about content is king, where I feel like we're, we're as marketers in a position as strategic marketers to really position impactful thought leadership platforms as a way to demonstrate capabilities and help educate and guide the market as to where we can evolve to together um, versus just pushing you know, our 
um, you know, a brand message with pro- with features and functions. Um, obviously, you got to have to get there in the sales process. But I think it's really um, key to to establish and and create and understand as marketers what are the conversations you want to to be a part of and start leading in the marketplace so that you're educating folks or joining those conversations and moving the market in the direction that you see the value. You know, you brought up something that I hadn't really thought about before. Well, I I had, but one of the challenges, and I'd be really curious about your viewpoint on establishing those thought leadership platforms is where to focus right? Because I think about your business and how many data points you have, right? You know, you, you know so much about, you know, the types of medications that people are taking. I mean, not directly, right? But I just wonder, you know, you, you've got to aggregate all that data and then figure out, okay, what is the content that we want to develop? And what are those platforms that we want to hang our hat on? And it's got to be a really, in my mind, it's got to be a hard thing to figure out. And so I'm just curious, you know how you how do you figure that out? How do you say these are the platforms and these where we where we want to focus, whether it's oncology or cardiology or you know whatever? I'm just curious how yeah. you make those kind of strategic decisions. Well, I think that's absolutely the fun of it, and um and I can give you kind of our thought process um, that we've gone through in the past couple of months. I I'm a consultant by training, and so so that I love kind of approaching those those big questions of okay where do we where do we go where do we position and how are we going to break it down um i think starting with your ultimate vision as far as you know our vision is to be able to to create that future model of patient support um, that we believe that every medication um, therapy should have a company digital drug companion if we put that out there as our vision and goal then what are the conversations the key pivotal conversations that we want to be a part of or we want to drive to prove that and then it's identifying kind of like your it's almost like your your um, positioning pillars but they're conversational platforms that fit under there and I, I i always kind of challenge my team that you know let's keep it to four that are pretty comprehensive that would help us advance our thought leadership platform and then underneath those those pillars then you have the proof points to your you know of okay now what data what therapeutic areas how are we going to then position ourselves to show the content that's going to be able to demonstrate that ultimate value and contribute to the conversation so it you know we evolve those we, the visions will probably stay set for a couple of years but the conversations underneath that vision might adapt. Like last year, we we're talking about the acceleration of, of digital health in relation to COVID-19. Um, we certainly have, um, you know, advanced that conversation this year um, so that we're not necessarily talking COVID-19 anymore. I think we're all pretty good with that, but it's more of how are we advancing digital therapeutics? So those are kind of, I kind of look at it as you establish your your vision and then you you look at your kind of your four to five um, positions that you want to have conversations around to then drill into those proof points. Jen, do you have any marketing issues that keep you up at night? (laughs) 
budget, budget, budget. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure my CEO will listen to this and whatever, but I, I've honestly worked in marketing, um, you know, with marketing budgets from a hundred thousand dollars to $7 million. And there's always going to be a budget issue. So right. Uh, that with a grain of salt, you can make anything happen. I, I, I mean, as marketers, I think that what keeps me up at night is like, what more could we do? Um, and it's not just budget related. I mean, there's so much that you can do in marketing that's not budget constrained by any means. And I think that's the beauty of where our marketing technology and promotion opportunities have been amplified, um, you know, over the you know past five years significantly. Um, but it's kind of like, what more can you do? Um, how, how, who else can you bring into, um, into your marketing mix? Um, what are we not considering? It's just, it's, it's, kind of endless um as you could probably appreciate from, as you guys know you're never done talking about the opportunities that are out there jen you bring up some really interesting points today um, julie and i have been speaking with with many med tech experts over the last couple months and it, we're we're beginning to see a trend of you know now that this the, the pandemic we're coming up on a year now and I think at first there's this 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 fear this this urgency to you know, to to pivot and change maybe for a temporary period of time and now I think people are used to it and figuring out how do we adapt our business and you know I think we're all kind of tired of talking about it where it's just sort of the mundane day to day way that we way that we work way we do business and I think that your point of content how content is essential um, as a way as a touch point to to the end patient, to the end consumer is really important. And I think that as we go throughout this year, it'll be interesting to see more data build up to, you know, to, to support that point. Absolutely. And, you know, my team and I looked at it, I'm sure every marketing team looked at 2021 and we're like, do we have to mention COVID-19? No. <laughs> such a fatigue and how can we, you know, how did we needed to address and it is the way where our life is right now, but how do we advance all of those, all of the, the insights that we've gained and, um, and the technologies that had been developed and advanced and how do we, how do we leverage that going forward into a, a positive environment instead of a fatigued environment? <laughs> um, well yeah, and, and and that's interesting. I just wanted to say, I'm so uh, I'm a consultant. I'm also a graduate student as well, and I, I just wanted to bring up this point. So I, I toe the line between the professional world and the world of academia, and one point that one of my professors made was they they can't wait to get their hands on COVID data to study. <laughs> And, and when she said that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so true. How interesting as we go, as this year progresses, we'll have more and more data building up and more and more scholarly peer-reviewed papers will come out. And it'll be interesting to see what data points and what trends we can we can glean from this from this COVID period. So yes, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and as I alluded to in the beginning, the um, what COVID has done for digital health is so positive. The acceleration and the ad adoption of digital health into one's world of managing um, their health, whether it be mindful and mindless apps to to healthy 
um, you know, fitness apps. And I mean, just look at, you know, what Peloton has done, you know, and in the way that we've all just totally had to adapt and bring in um, digital support in our healthcare consumer lives. And I think, I think in that perspective, it's, it, it it's much more of an accelerator of where we want to, to you know, I think oh, I heard a stat saying, um, I think it was at an HLTH um, summit saying that um, in like the past five months, the technologies in healthcare and not just digital health, but just in healthcare, especially with vaccines, were advanced five years, you know, and I think that is is some positive light to, to shine on on when we all are just really focused in, in trying to uh, support each other through through these times you know what 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 we can do as advancements um, and and then take it from there you know how do we elevate it <laughs> certainly certainly a silver lining and and more to come more to come so thank you for your thoughts on that appreciate it well I think we're just about we're just about to the end of our of our chat, but Jen, we always have one fun parting question that we wanted to ask. And um, since you are here on the morning fix, we would love to know what do you do for your morning fix. <laughs> so, meaning, um, what do I do to get myself going and to uh, to approach the day? Absolutely, I have to say, I am one of those. Um, exercise nuts that I, 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 I get up early and I have some sort of workout routine for two reasons. One is um, absolutely the sanity of it. <laughs> um, the other is that I don't really wake up until I'm like halfway through. So it's only like I'm really doing half a workout. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, um, I, I, I went to undergrad up in, um, up in Maine, and I attempted to play lacrosse and didn't realize that in the springtime, you have snow on the ground until like April, and we would have 6am practices. And for some reason, I think that, you know, even in the college days, waking, you know, working out at 6am just became ingrained. So that just became part of my morning fix as far as get up, work out and start your day energized. Right on. Well, that sounds like a, a great way to start the day. Well, listen, Jen, thank you so much for your thoughts. It was a pleasure to connect with you. And I know Julie was, it, it, it agrees we were, we, were, we were thrilled to have the opportunity to speak with you and to share your insights and your thoughts on, on your technology and on, on marketing trends as we go throughout the year. So thank you again. And um, thank you to everybody for listening. And we look forward to more interesting and, and insightful interviews um, with med tech leaders on The Morning Fix. Thanks again. Thank you for what you're doing and providing us as well. Appreciate the opportunity to speak with both of you today. 